It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage's special All the Horror episode with our special guest, Tony, from FlixX Rated. Hey, Tony. How's it going, guys? Going excellent. My name is Bryson. I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey there, Jim. Hey, hey. So with the introductions out of the way, let's get to it. Let's rage on all the horror style. Oh, baby. Yes. Welcome to our 2021 All the Horror episode, celebrating podcasting and all things horror, where there will be horror-themed podcast episodes every day in October. We are happy to be participating this year again for the second year. Isn't there some applause somewhere? No. Just Cue like applause track. There we go. We need a clap. There's Bryce's clapping. Way to go, buddy. Uh, just like every year, there will be team-ups of some of your favorite podcasters where each podcast will have another guest from another podcast from the All the Horror Podcast gang of pods. There will all be horror-themed podcasts, even the podcasts that don't normally do horror, which, I mean, we do a lot of horror, but it's not our shtick, I guess. You can find all this information at All the Horror. 18.wixsite w-i-x-s-i-t-e dot com forward slash event or you can go on twitter and instagram at all the horror 18 and all the horror music was created by sean faust and you can find all sean at seanfaustmusic.com that's s-e-a-n-f-a-u-s-t music.com and it will also be in our show notes so i have the great Great pleasure to introduce Tony from FlixX Rated, one of our favorite podcasts and local geographically located film podcasts. So we're super happy to have Tony on. Tony, tell us everything about FlixX Rated and yourself in under five minutes. Five minutes? Wow, that's a long time. Yeah, I you can I talk all you want. Last time. Under, over, whatever. Uh, whatever. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> So we're essentially a movie podcast where we pick one movie a week and we sit down and with a group of people who I usually switch it up. I have a whole stable of people I pull from. Uh, we talk about a different movie. We get a little in depth about it. We play some fun games, including the Price is Right and uh, what we've dubbed the Awesome Lodge Word Game, uh, which is not that awesome for some of my co-hosts to do. But I have fun watching the try. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And uh, we essentially sit down and we uh, really take a deep dive into uh, certain movies, even some weird ones that have been forgotten and maybe should have stayed forgotten. And we watch them so you don't have to. Is you mean <laughs> is like how we play those ones? You mean like Tango and Cash? <laughs> oh, Tango and Cash is uh, delightful. I mean, it's not watch that it bad. And you're good. <laughs> It, uh, it could be worse. It definitely could. It's true. You do get a shower scene with Sylvester Stallone. Do you? Yeah. It oh. is like us and Kurt Russell. Yeah, together. Why are, why are Kurt yeah. Russell and Sylvester Stallone showering Why together? aren't they? That's a better question. If they're in a movie together, I want to see them in the shower. <laughs> Talking about each other's dicks. It's great. There you go. See, Tony gets it. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> nice. <laughs> So tell everybody where so, they can find Flix X Rated everywhere. Uh, well, you can find uh, Flix X Rated on uh, Twitter and uh, iTunes. Google. It's not even iTunes anymore. It's uh, what? Apple Podcasts Apple or whatever. Podcast, yep. Google Podcasts, Spotify. We're on all the major podcatchers. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, yeah, you can kind of come and hit us up. We're all, we also take recommendations from fans, uh, even some really terrible ones, such as uh, Arrow Troopers, which <laughs> got uh, recommended to us by a fan and took forever for us to find. And uh, Mark Hamill, what the hell was that? Yeah, <laughs> what the hell? So, so, yeah, that's where you can find us. Well, that is awesome. All of our listeners will hopefully be on there. Now, we're the first podcast this year. We're October 1st, baby. We stole the first launch date so people will get to hear us for 31 straight days. This is great. And beyond. And beyond. On, on, on. So we're going to do a bit of a switch up here for our listeners who usually hear the regular Film Rage format. We're not doing any new movies this week. So if you're looking for that, then you'll have to listen to our regular episode that's probably coming out sometime around this October 1st, I think is a Friday. 
So look for that. But what we're going to do this week, this week for all the horror, is we're going to talk about our favorite horror subgenres, and we're going to tell you why we love them so much and talk a little bit about that. So I'm going to start. My favorite horror subgenre is zombies, and my passion for zombies started from when I was very young. I'm still old as fuck now, but when I was very young. The movie, the original movie, Dawn of the Dead, came out, and I was fascinated at the time because I'd already gotten Fangoria as a kid. I was a pretty big horror fan, and um, knowing that Dawn of the Dead came out, I needed to see that in theaters when it first came out, and I tried to sneak in so many times and could not get in, so I ended up buying the book. There was a there was an actual hardcover book of the of the movie. And I read the book like probably 10 times. And by the end of the summer, I was lucky enough to sneak in and see it. And from then I was hooked. I was like, okay, people eating people, sign me up. So yeah, I'm a big fan of the zombies. You're a big fan of cannibalism. Yeah, cannibalism's okay too. I kind of like it when they're dead, but you know, I don't mind cannibals too. It's kind of, it's, I think it's kind of like the creepiest thing. Like to think of... You know, you, if, I mean, you think murder's bad, right? But to maybe to your point, Tony, cannibals is kind of worse. Like people who eat people is kind of like, okay, sure, you could have ghosts. It's scary. Sure, you can have, uh, you know, paranormal stuff. You can have like slashers. But, you know, those people are all crazy. But, you know, people eating people, yeah, it's kind of gross. And it's usually, usually get a lot of good gore in a zombie flick. So I do like uh, to see in a lot of biting and chewing and gushing of blood. Romero's god total god god he's a god there you go yeah i, no, we- I actually agree uh zombies is my favorite too man what like, that's perfect this lines up perfectly so tony tell how you got into zombies um honestly my first zombie movie that i ever actually watched was the Zack snyder dawn of the dead oh okay um, just because i wasn't into i wasn't into horror movies at first they just weren't my jam. And then I watched that one and I was found out it was a remake. And so then I just kind of went back and I just started watching them because I really love post-apocalyptic movies and zombies are this weird, like mesh of a, uh, post-apocalyptic film meets a horror movie. And because I loved post-apocalyptic, uh, action movies were one of the ones I love, like Mad Max and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so my transition into loving horror actually came from that. And then it's like I had to go back and I binged like everything from like the original Evil Dead, which I know is more demons, but Sam Raimi and what he did with that kind of stuff is like, it's closer to zombies than it is to demons, right? And stuff like that. It's just the zombie genre and where it is now, uh, you know, like the girl with all the gifts and like mm-hmm. 28 Days Later and stuff like that, where you have more of the rage zombies as opposed to the shambler zombies, like, it's such an evolution of uh, a monster. Yeah, of the that's craft, a continuing yeah. evolution. Yeah, and it's it's funny you say that because you think of um, the evolution from night, right? Or even if you go back further, like if you count white zombie, which it's not a zombie in the the way that we think of eating human flesh, but that the dead is brought back to life, right? It was kind of like here's your here's your first introduction, dead coming back to life, but they don't eat people, so the evolution when Romero got a hold of it, right? And then to your point, it's it's one of those genres, just like vampires or or some of the other werewolves or the mummy, right? Where unless you find a creative way to make it cool, like when they brought back when they brought out Zombieland and Zombieland 2, right? It's kind of like they just put a little mm-hmm. bit more spin on it, right? Like they add some some new flavor to it. Like your point with the girl with all the gifts, right? It was a great, great concept to it. And Right. Yeah. And even 28 days later, which kind of broke the zombie genre with suddenly instead of having slow zombies, you have these like rage zombies. Yeah. Well, then even, you know, the, you hear a lot of people debate this on social media too. The rage zombies from 28 days later aren't technically zombies because they're not dead. Right. But I mean, for all intents and purposes, they're going to throw up goo on you. They're going to maybe bite you, fight you, scratch you. And they're chasing you down to grab you. That's a pretty big monster. They're zombie adjacent, Jim. Okay, zombie. There we go. See, uh, Bryce is being a little hardcore on us, and he's like, "They're not really." Yeah, I, I'm. I'm on board with fast zombies, slow zombies. 
I want to see zombies on motorbikes because that would be kind of cool too, <laughs> right? Like intelli- you keep evolving zombies so they're actually smarter than you. Like I think if Romero actually stuck with Land of the Dead, the one, I know he made a couple after that that weren't as good, I'm but go away. Pretty sure one of the Resident Evil ones probably has a zombie on a motorcycle if you watch them all. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I actually own them all. I just have never watched them all because <laughs> they're not that great. Love it. They are terrible, but they're great background noise. <laughs> oh, totally, right? Like, you throw that on. It's like um, zombie porn, but, you know, once you get past the good parts, it's like, okay, I'm done. Right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Bryce? Sure. Are you Okay, so, Bryce, are you a fan of zombies? Are you, are, is zombies in your top five? Uh, probably not. <laughs> probably not? How are you talking about you love Zombieland and Zombieland 2. Yeah, I, I love a lot of zombie movies. That doesn't mean they're in my top five. <laughs> I, lo- I love a lot of horror movies. It's true. You're a bit of a horror fan, aren't you? Yes. So maybe horror for horror. If, I, if I'm being super generous, maybe zombie comes in at like my fifth favorite genre. I'll, when I uh, kind of talk about the, the, the uh, movies I like in the horror g- sub-genres, I'm actually going to bring up three of them. So there's three right off the bat that are ahead of zombies. So You had a list of one. I am going to do one. But okay. I might mention a couple others. Better be a quick mention. Oh, just pulled. What, you got somewhere to be? Yeah. No, you don't. Uh, on the other side of the table. I don't know what that means. What is this, code? Exactly. All right. And wait, I have a disclaimer to make because I introduced Tony from Flix X-Rated and it's X-Raid, like as in X-Raid. <laughs> so uh-huh. I apologize, Tony. Yeah, like Senior Bones. Yeah, yes. Senior Bones, the bones of that movie. Oh, it's X-Raid? Yeah, X-Raid. Well, then why did you write yeah. X-Rated because, on my... Because spe- autocorrect just does stuff sometimes. <laughs> and I already know it's X-rayed, but then what's it? Anyway, let's move on from that. This may be something that we have to actually do as an edit. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> you know what? It's fine. The amount of people who mispronounce it as X-rated, it makes me laugh. And I, I constantly go, maybe I should have just named it that to begin with. Yeah. Or maybe I do a sideshow where we talk about X-rated movies. Yeah, X-rated Movies that you break down by X-raying them. Flix X-rated the spinoff from Flix X-raid. I love it. This week, we're doing gape lovers. (laughs) 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 Nice. Part part four. Part four. Yeah, thanks. Stick with one or two, please. Okay, what's what's this favorite genre of yours? One or two was better than four. Exactly. Okay, what is it? Uh, well, the suspense is killing us. Is it really? Uh, well, when I was younger, it was all about the slasher movies. <gasps> but then as I got older, I started really enjoying body horror. <gasps> body horror. Yes. But now that I'm uh, an, now that I'm an old man, I would have to say that the psychological horror is my favorite horror genre. Now, don't get me wrong. I still enjoy a good old-fashioned massacre of attractive teens. And who doesn't enjoy watching some unnatural manipulation of the human body, like turning three people into a human centipede or having, yes. or having demons from hell ripping off your skin? But when it comes down to the most consistently enjoyable horror for me, it is the psychological variety. From 1960's Psycho and 1968's Rosemary's Baby to 2007's Funny Games, 2010's Black Swan, and 2011's We Need to Talk About Kevin, to more recently 2014's Enemy, 2017's Get Out, and also in 2017. Oh, yeah. Also in one of two, in 2017, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Old the- Boy? The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Oh, yeah. The psychological horror films are the ones that stay with me. Most other horror genres I can truly enjoy in the moment, but it is the psychological terror that will continue to haunt you well after the final credits have rolled. That uneasiness that is felt in a really well-crafted psychological horror film is not easily shaken. That is why psychological horror is the most mondo horror subgenre, and that is a fact. Uh, for you, yeah. I get it. It's a good genre. It's probably down three for me, I'm going to say. Number one. 
I don't know if yeah I'd actually have to say that's in like my third body horror is my second yeah that's mine too Tony we're twinsies buddy (laughs) and and okay like you know and you didn't even mention silence of the lambs in that list yeah I was going to and And you named it's too obvious and you named rosemary's (laughs) baby which isn't oh it's totally no way it's demon it's demon possession come on it's demon possession but it's oh it's got so many psychological elements to it what are you it's a psychological horror that ends in demon possession yes exactly so it finishes with a good old-fashioned demon possession there were no finnish people in it at all i bet you one of those guys was finished there's a lot of blonde-haired blue-eyed people in that yeah there might have been maybe there was a couple of (laughs) there's a little bit of question for you you Bryce, you brought up body horror, and I have a question yes. for you. Reanimator, is that a body horror, or do you count that as a zombie movie? That is... Yeah, good question. Is a very good question. Well played, Tony. Well played. Uh, I am going with... It is a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> I love not, it. Uh, I'm going by... You know what? Here's the thing. Maybe we've just discovered... That subgenres can be multiple oh, they, subgenres at the same they, time. They can overlap. There's no question. Right? I mean, Zombieland is a comedy horror, which is kind of its own subgenre. Same with Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, Shaun of the Dead, right? A bunch of... And uh, mm-hmm. Night of the Living Deb. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I love Night of the Living uh, Deb. there's Anna and the Apocalypse, which yes. is a Christmas musical zombie movie. Yeah, yes. comedy. It's also so. comedy, yeah. So it's four genres in one. I was, we're, right. uh, I'm I'm speak for all of us. We're all pretty big fans of Anna and the Apocalypse. It's good. Oh, I love Anna and the Apocalypse. It's a motherfucking moment. It just breaks all the rules. Yeah. And it feels so good. All right. So we got Tony to put a challenge to us and we put a to- challenge out to Tony to come up with your favorite horror movie of all time. And for us, because there's three of us, and Murray's not here today, he had input on this. And Murray's favorite subgenre, by the way, is vampires. And and that we came up with the film Nosferatu. So we're putting it out there. We're going to each review it so that we get a feel of whether or not maybe maybe Tony hated this movie. Maybe Tony liked this movie too. I guess we'll find out. It'll be a surprise. Uh, I think I'll get Bryce to go first. What do you think, Bracey? If you insist. I do. FW, I can't talk today. Apparently. F.W. Murnau's uh, Nosferatu is what all vampire movies should be have been striving to be. There are no cliches and no flamboyance, just a terrifying character whose mannerisms and appearance combine for a truly horrifying character. Max Schreck as the vampire lays the blueprint for what all other Draculas that followed should have strived to be. More tortured soul and less camp. It is a curse to be a vampire, and Murnau's film illustrates this better than any incarnation of the Dracula story that followed. The makeup and special effects are still effective to this day, but where the film truly excels is in its visuals. The use of shadows creates a tense composition, and little effects like the phantom coach disappearing and the appearance of the count out of thin air, as well as some nifty camera tricks using what I assume would be the negatives to give us white Mm -hmm. trees against a jet black sky it all adds up to the overall creepiness of the film it is too bad that the vampire films that follow did not take their vampires as seriously as this film does this all adds up to one of the best horror movies of all time that to this day is perhaps the best vampire film ever made except Except for let the right one in in. yes (laughs) nice all right tony you want to go next buddy are we you want to talk about nosferatu or are we uh yeah do it my pick yeah no what you're gonna you're gonna talk about nosferatu for you buddy what'd you think of it and was this the first time you saw it or when you when you have you gone back and seen that little nugget back in the day I actually watched this one way before, and it's solely because of SpongeBob SquarePants referencing it a lot. <laughs> that I was like, "What the hell is Nosferatu?" That I had to learn what it was, and I went and watched it, uh, which is so dumb that that's the transition for me. I because, think it's kind of uh, awesome. Whatever, actually. whatever gets you there. That's right. I'm a huge fan of SpongeBob. Uh, also, by the way, Tony, just so you know. <laughs> Nosferatu with the lights flicking on and off. 
literally that scene is hilarious because they use like an actual shot from the movie. I know. I, I do not even get the reference. Well, you need to watch more SpongeBob, buddy. Okay. Right. And uh, so I've actually seen this before, and uh, me and my wife were talking about it because she actually did a paper for one of her uh, for. Her, when she was getting her degree on the evolution of vampire in literature as well as in film. And one of the interesting things about Nosferatu, so Nosferatu is actually the story of Dracula. It's like verbatim, pretty yeah. much yeah. note for note. What, what rip the book off. is. Yeah. Uh, it, it is a, well, it's not just a rip off because uh, literally Bram Stoker's uh, spouse, Sue, yeah. uh, the creators of Nosferatu because of how, uh, how similar Spot it was in on. one, which yep. is why, because it is essentially, and it, it does it in such a cool way. Like I love the scene where he's like uh, loading the the coffins with dirt, and then he puts himself in the last yeah. one and like levitates the top on top of it, and like you can tell it was done with multiple shots, and it's fun watching kind of stuff like that, and knowing how it evolved. And it, I really wish that vampires were as serious as Nosferatu yes. was, yes, because vampires almost became like. A joke, exactly. Yeah, uh, of like villains, and again, let the right one in is a completely different from the rest of vampire lore, or even uh, vampires, which mm. is the um, yep. uh, Romero one. Oh no, Rodriguez. Rodriguez said Rodriguez. Uh, vampires. Yeah, um, like those ones are more serious. But then you have stuff like uh, from Dust Till Dawn, which they're yep. vampires. Like I put that in air quotes. But like seeing Nosferatu and knowing that that's where vampires kind of started, I wish that, like like Bryce said, I wish that they had kept that vein, and then we may have never ever had to deal with Edward Cullen. <laughs> I agree, Bryce would not, because he's he's Gaga for Twilight. I know who it's, doesn't love sparkly vampires? Nobody but you. That's it. And thirteen-year-old girls, your spirit animal. <laughs> So Listen, I love the idea of the sparkly vampires and like it's a tr like a twist on the lore. It's cool in concept. The movies and books are terrible. Yeah, they're <laughs> really terrible. I agree. I 100% wholeheartedly. You can't but like, you know it in Bryce's case it's like the heart wants what the heart wants. <laughs> And I have to give uh, you. I'm sorry. I'm Team D Jacob. I can't, can't even with this. I'm on Team Follow Baby Vampire, whatever the hell that kid's name was. <laughs> team Baby Vampire. Kid. Team Baby Vampire, team or as I like to call them on the podcast, creepy little fuckers. So okay, so so Tony, is this a mondo for you? I'd say yeah. All it's right. It's definitely one of those ones where I think everyone should watch it at least once, right? Especially because yeah. it's a silent film. Yeah, it's, I think for what they did at the time with oh, the filters. So, well, they used so filters ahead of its to, time. To, right? Like they used filters to dictate the difference between day and night. Yeah. Right? So it wasn't just a black and white film because they chose to use filters. So it actually made it colorful. Yeah. But oh, yeah. not at the same time. Yeah. Which it's is genius. The, the sepia, which I'm going to bring up in my chat about it. All right. Thank you. And that's three Mondos, by the way. So apparently it's not just us that loves this movie. Mm -hmm. So when you think of this movie is almost 100 years old. That came out after the First Dear. World War. Yep. I am blown away by this fact alone. To think this is a 100-year-old movie. The music, in my opinion, was very much a part of this film. Almost a character unto itself. Plus the film color, to Tony's point, you'd expect to be black and white. But they created sepia way back in 1922, uh, which was kind of a surprise to me, actually, when I saw it the first time. I thought, oh, I'm going to get to see it in black and white. But what, what's this stuff I'm seeing? It's like I was watching a whole new color I'd never seen before. The film, of course, is an epic journey in time. I also love how they pass a hyena off as a werewolf. That was I mean, hilarious. come on. I mean, what 1922 German country folk would not would know the difference? I mean, they didn't have Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom back then. I love the fact that our hero is a hippie, and I mean his long hair and slovenly ways. It's nice to know some things never change. And I'm talking about you, Keanu, from the Dracula remake. Just to saying. Uh, it's not fair 
to watch this film and not try and put yourself in the place of the people who saw this on first release. To Bryce's point, Max Shrek's from scene one, I'm already motherfucking creeped out. This guy gives me nightmares even to this day when I wake up screaming from my night terrors, which happens more often than I'd like to admit. Uh, usually it's his face that's over my over my bed trying to suck my blood. The dialogue was so well written and humorous at times. And everything about this classic film drips with atmosphere, with the amazing creep factor, shadow definition, and just amazement of the fact in the earliest times of film, we were blessed to get one of the most shocking horror films with special effects and oh my God, did I mention motherfucking Max Shrek? He's so creepy. I know I'm repeating myself. It's because to this day, I still find this movie and him in particular, one of the creepiest horror monsters ever created. I love the fact that you give Germans a horror movie to create and they make the creepiest horror character of all time. And yet when the Americans make it only a few years later, we get a monster with a sexy European Casanova. I also love the level of detail in every shot of this film because the narrative and the dialogue and the story didn't cut any corners. For a film to create this much creepy at the beginning of the cinematic age that still holds up in my view as the creepiest character ever created, this alone makes this film a German non-sex party, German classic horror mondo. There you go. And that's why we picked this film. Yep. I mean... I don't know if there's any movies that were made before this. I don't think I've ever seen a movie before this that was as creepy and scary as this film. Can you think of one? No. no. Have you never seen Thomas Addison's Frankenstein? No. Did he make it before in the 1800s? He made it in 1905, I think. What? Uh, really? It's like 20 minutes. Yeah. Whoa. Is it on it's YouTube? It's known as like one of the first movies. Uh, I think so. I think that's where I saw it. I saw it forever ago. I think it's on the film archive. And is it as creepy? Filmarchive.org. Is the Frankenstein as creepy as uh, as Nosferatu? It's similar. It's creepier than, um, you know, Karloff. Okay. <laughs> I like Karloff. Yeah. Who doesn't like oh, him? I like Karloff, but like... He's certainly no match Shrek. If you watch Bride of Frankenstein, it's a lot less creepy. <laughs> yeah, but... I don't know. I always thought Frankenstein never was supposed to be c creepy. You're supposed to see that that uh, that innocence in those eyes, and that he just wants to be accepted. And it's 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 a different sort of horror movie. Yeah, it's well, you're not really afraid of him unless you got a a, a torch and Car he, then he gets all Car Karloff mad. acts with his eyes probably better than anybody in the history of cinema because that's all he could really do with Frankenstein. But he was. Those eyes, man. I'm telling you. Wasn't there a song about that? Uh, oh, it's these eyes. These Sorry. Eyes, yeah. it's, a, it's a little different. The Guess Who. Which is a perfect transition to talk about Tony's favorite movie. Tony, tell us about Cabin in the Woods. All right. So this is a little bit more modern, and I love all sorts of horror movies from across, like, all the way from, like, Toxic Avenger stuff to, like, <laughs> classic creature from the black lagoon yep. but i feel like the culmination of where horror is kind of hit a weird point in 2011 with cabin in the woods because you have a satire horror horror in the wood like wood horror kind of like cabin fever or a slasher movie but it's with zombies and so it's one of those movies that kind of hit on so many levels and it came out at just the right time when people were kind of moving away from horror that I feel like it gave a kickstart to the new wave of horror, which is a lot different than other stuff. And it's the peak of Joss Whedonism mm -hmm. in such a unique way where you have the five kids going to the woods, very slasher style. And all of a sudden you realize there's a government organization that's running this whole slasher concept and makes you really rethink every slasher movie you've seen. Is it being, you know, orchestrated? And it just, hits every trope in such a delightful way that it's it's one it's my favorite horror movie it's a modern horror movie that just hits so well yeah oh 
mondo, I guess, for me on that yeah, one. Yeah, super. That's a super mondo, too. Bryce, you want to give us your review? I really like Richard Jenkins. Yeah, we know. He's mesmerizing. <laughs> he's, a, he's awesome. <laughs> he is. I could just watch Richard Jenkins in anything. Yeah, I wish there was just all Richard Jenkins all the time. That's my review. That's it. That's all we're getting? Richard Jenkins is awesome. That's all you need. Okay, I, I, I'm sensing from him, though, he didn't love this movie as much as you no, and I did. I actually really, really did love this music, this movie. The, the scene where uh, Hemsworth's character is, is giving his grand speech <laughs> yeah. on the motorcycle before he goes careening into the... <laughs> into the chain mail. Yeah. Oh, man. So good. It's uh, just gold. Yeah. That is, I, I don't think that I've... I, it made me laugh so hard the first time I saw it in the theater. It was weird. It was a crowded theater, and I was just laughing my ass off at that point. Nobody else was laughing. I'm like, what is wrong with you people? But anyways. Yeah, there right? was so much comedy, and it. it was <laughs> yeah. comedy gold. Yeah. When so. I went to go see this one in theaters, I still sort of remember this because this is when I was still drinking uh, when this came out. And so me and my buddies had a good buzz on and we were sitting there and there was in the row in front of us, there was a bunch of girls who were whispering about how they couldn't believe they snuck in and we had a bunch of like teeny boppers right in front of us. Nice. And when that bird hit the wall the first time, yeah. uh, right after like the harbinger yep. Yep. and it hits and like it starts like falling down, we're laughing and they're screaming. They're literally <laughs> screaming at the bird and I'm like, oh girls, you're in for trouble. <laughs> yeah, no, you're in. You got a lot to catch up on girls. Yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> I will give you my review on this film. Uh, and it's funny how, it's funny how, um, how my review also starts with the name Richard Jenkins. He's so good. <laughs> and you know what? This was not planned out, people. We do not talk to each other beforehand. But you can see, I'm showing Bryce my, my, my notes. <laughs> Here we have it. I know Tony didn't get to see that, but Richard Jenkins, young Thor and Bradley Whitford. I'm sold before this even starts and then start with one of the best horror films of the last 20 years in one of the scariest places on the planet. Basically in what my work life has been like for the last 25 years with an office <laughs> with a water cooler. Oh my fucking God, I'm already scared of what's to come. This film has all the best things of every horror film of the past, including naming it Cabin in the Woods. Why had no one ever thought of this before? I honestly thought it must be a I remake know. when it first came out because it's like this must be a remake of the, like the first cabin in the woods. When was that? And then you look it up. And, <laughs> well, we talked about no this. Cabin in the we woods. talked about this a couple episodes on our podcast, and Bryce was sure there was another cabin in the woods because because there's so many movies made with a cabin in the woods. Right? It's a genre. It's literally the name of the. I know. Exactly. I know. And, and they hadn't put it out until 2011. <laughs> Come on, people. Who is missing out on this? Thank God Josh made this. Um, you know, he was like looking at that and he's like, wait, it, it, no one's done this before? <laughs> bada bing, bada, bada boom. So all the while as you watch the unwinding of the film, you're wondering what the hell is the scary office politics side of this film? all about and what about the spy intrigue stuff it just continues to build the excitement of the monster universe so that you want to know the lore of everything that's happening i really want to know for me personally because both bryce and i are huge japanese horror fans i really want to know what happens in the japanese and european versions and i know wheaton has talked about this a ton of time he's never going to do a sequel but he could do a shit ton of prequels I want to see the Japanese one where they where they win, or the one where was the other one in Paris? I think there was a was it a Paris one? Uh, there's a ton. Man. I think there was a Norway yeah. and like Berlin was one of the ones they had shown on the screens at one point. Right? Um, they had a whole bunch of them. Could don't you don't you think like? And I don't say this very often, but I mean, come on, this is one that should have multiple universes going on all the time. Right, and I know uh, as well. I'm a huge fan of the Hellraiser series. Yep. And so the uh, 
they call him the puzzle demon, I think, in the credits or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy but, from the one plastic broom where they're in the elevator. Right? The yeah. guy with the saw blades in his yeah, head? Yeah, yeah. But apparently, according to official lore, he's actually a Cenobite. Like, that's one of the puzzles. Ah. Like, because they saw and they, like, people loved it so much that he got indoctrined into the Hellraiser universe. He's nice. a part of it. Oh, my God. Like, no, this is too good. That's awesome. It, would, it fits. It fits the Hellraiser universe so well, too. Yeah. Well, there's, so, I mean, if you looked at all of the characters that they showed, and even just some of them, they just showed snippets, right? You're like, oh, man, I remember that movie. And, oh, man, I remember that movie. And, wow, look at that. They got the Japanese horror girls in there. And it was like, it was cool, man. It's so, it's so good. I'm so glad you got us to pick this. It's, um, I, and uh, for me, the funniest moment, which is funny you also brought this up, Tony, was... When the flying eagle, as it flies into the force field, just after it does its canned eagle sound, because you know that canned eagle sound that's in every single movie? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's just like zap. It's, like, it's the Wilhelm scream of animal noises. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That, or the fall one. Ah, you know, the one that's in every single sound bite ever made is a guy falling off a cliff. I'm giddy through this whole movie. Yeah, exactly. Giddy is the word. Yes, no other word would explain my thoughts and feelings from start to finish. But once the horror starts, this film does what we are all wanting it to. It brings us the cabin in the woods to a whole new level of awesomeness. I love this movie. It was a mondo. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and, you know, you'll see... For people who listen to our podcast a lot, I bitch about sequels all the time because normally I'm like, there's so many new creative ways to write stuff. But when you have a, a movie like this that's practically perfect, this is the kind that you want to have a sequel or prequel, I guess. This is the kind of thing that you would you could start a franchise on if you really wanted to. Yeah. yeah. There's so many different ways you could go. But I, I think maybe Whedon doesn't want that. I mean, he's moved on to a bunch of other stuff, right? But... Um, it's like he's keeping it pure. Avengers, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, the weird thing is, is that he, you know, we're not going to make a sequel for this, but all he does is make sequels now. They're yeah, all sequels. Well, but maybe this was his baby. This is his pet project. Now they just bring him in because he's like, okay, let's bring in the ringer. We're going we're gonna to get him to make a bunch of sequels and stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's the worst. Well, oh, I worst. think that's James Gunn now. Yeah. The, the latest Suicide Squad. Yeah. I think, uh, I think he's got to run for his money. Yeah, maybe. I don't know what Gunn's working on next. It's probably a sequel. Mm. <laughs> or a be- remake or a reboot. Which, actually... <laughs> or a bunch of random superheroes who no one knows about. Yeah, thank you. Although, Dotman was pretty cool, I gotta admit. Dotman. It's Bryce playing with stuff. I don't know. Let's find out. Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. I think it's time for a little horror rage. I don't think we've raged enough in this episode. We haven't raged at all. Yeah, exactly. There's been a lot of loving happening here. All right. Am I opening this up? Yeah. Give us some rage. All right. Give us the juice. My rage is that only two of the five trailers from Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino's Grindhouse double feature got made into feature films. The films that got made were Machete, directed by Robert Rodriguez and starring Danny Trejo, and Hobo with a Shotgun, starring Rutger Hauer. Both were very entertaining movies, which begs the question, why did the rest of the trailers not get turned into features? I mean, come on. Tell me, who wouldn't want to line up to see the Rob Zombie creation, Werewolf Women of the SS? Ah, totally. Or what about the Edgar Wright contribution, Don't? This probably <laughs> the, this, this probably was the weakest of the concepts, but Edgar Wright filming horror movie cliches could be entertaining. And finally, why hasn't Eli Roth made his holiday slasher film Thanksgiving? Watching a killer pig, <laughs> watching a killer, <laughs> watching a killer pilgrim wreak havoc sounds like a good time to me. So come on, guys, Machete and Hobo got made, and we're awesome. So why haven't we gotten Werewolf Women of the SS, 
don't end Thanksgiving. The fact that these films did not get made is my horror rage. That is a literally the best rage you've ever given. Because normally yours are pretty dumb. But that one, I wholeheartedly agree with. Tony, are you on board with werewolf women of the SS? Yes. Um, <laughs> however, I will tell you there is a Norway film that's pretty close to that. Oh. oh. Was it directed by him, though? No. <laughs> No, it wasn't. It's uh, it's called the Wolfman of the SS. Oh, but it wasn't werewolf women. So they're no, just regular. But they're dudes. Close. They were just dudes. They're dudes. Yeah. See, that doesn't interest me at all. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see well, SS women. Own, all right. <laughs> can we can we start like a push on social media to get these made? Everything from now until the end of Halloween. I'm going to tag Eli Roth. Even don't. (laughs) I'm telling you, Edgar Wright can pretty much do no wrong. He can make don't work. I don't see why he couldn't. Exactly. I forget what the plot was, though. The whole thing with don't was, is it like, don't go up the stairs. Don't open that door. Oh, right. (laughs) And then they would, and they'd get killed. Oh, right. Like, don't answer the phone. Don't answer the phone. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) <laughs> Have you checked the children? All that kind of stuff. So I, was- I can see don't. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's, kind of, it's kind of like um, you imagine what, you know, the room. <laughs> but it's like, but not the room. Like, what's his face? The bad actor dude. But the room where they're in the room by themselves for pretty much the whole movie. And every film is, don't do that. Don't do that. Yes. So. It could be. You know what? You mean anxiety, right? Like you just want the movie called Anxiety? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> kind of. It kind of sounds like that. But uh, yeah, I'm on board with Don't. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, nice. All right, Tony, my man. Do you have a rage? A horror rage? I do. It's the Dark Universe. The we dark. have the MCU. We have all of these things, and. Universal Pictures wanted to do the Dark Universe. Yes. And they made two films in the series, and because of goddamn Tom Cruise, <laughs> the entire thing flopped right before we were going to get a remake of Bride of Frankenstein. So essentially, they made uh, Dracula Rising or whatever it was, which yeah. was like a prequel one. And then they, there's Tom Cruise's The Mummy. Those were the first two movies they made. And they got such poor reviews, they canned the entire project. But they had planned on making and remaking all of the original monster movies, but setting them all in the same universe, similar to how MCU has done it. But it's going to be called the Dark Universe. They had a website, they had a whole bunch of stuff, they had the whole plan done, and they scrapped it uh. right before Bride of Frankenstein could get her due. Because my biggest, my biggest bone of contention is Bride of Frankenstein of the original monster movies, because of the fact that she's only on screen for the last two minutes of the film, but she's such an iconic monster yeah. who has never gotten her due. And I think she needs, if the, if any monster needed a remake movie or a reboot movie, it is Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. I like, um, I like Lady Frankenstein's who kick ass and punch dicks. That would be good. You know, we kind of got a cartoon version of her with blue hair and Marge Simpson. I think of her as the, as the cartoon version of Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, Jim. Justice the monster. <laughs> no, true enough. But yeah, it's it's funny you say that because I remember hearing all the buzz about that, and but it was kind of like they because they didn't have superheroes to bring forward, which I'm so fucking tired of now. Like if they can stop making superhero movies, I'd be perfectly happy and start bring back. Right? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean the universal well, monster. So part of the other reason they got uh, tanked is so the modern Invisible Man that we have, which is awesome. I love that one. Um, but Invisible Man was supposed to be it was supposed to be Bride of Frankenstein and then Invisible Man, and Invisible Man was supposed to have Johnny Depp, but then and he got started getting into uh, the big financial like yeah. debacle that he's currently in, and so the two things that tanked the Dark Universe was Johnny Depp's financial debacle, court debacle thing, uh, and Tom Cruise's The Mummy doing re- receiving such poor um, reviews. Yeah, that's literally what tanked the entire thing. Well, we will. The only thing that you and I have appears that we've disagreed with in our entire lives is that I absolutely hated that movie. Invisible Man. You should go listen to our Invisible Man episode. Yes, we, we <laughs> tear we, it we apart. We tore it apart. <laughs> limb from limb. I'm very aware. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> Having said that, man, I still watch those Universal movies. Yeah. Those Universal monster movies regularly. I, I bust out my Universal monster box set at least nice. a couple times a year and, and just, you know, randomly select something. It's okay. What's your, what's your oh, favorite? Oh, same. hundred percent. Yeah. What's your favorite of that? Apparently, Tony's is the Bride of Frankenstein. Um... I, I, it's not. No, he, 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 he thinks it needs to be remade. Okay. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, then, then they're going to remake it, and it's just going to be all bride all the time. Not well, just, you know, some bride. Needs bride. It needs to be more bride. For a movie called Bride of Frankenstein, for her only to be in the last two minutes of the film is ridiculous. <laughs> it is. That's a waste of title. That's a waste of title. It so is. I'm, it's a waste of concept in Monster. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what's your favorite of the classics? Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, yeah. I still love Frankenstein. I just can't get away from You got a soft spot it. for him. I really do. I just... Hey, your personality kind of reminds me a little bit of Frankenstein, so I get that. I know not of what you speak, Jim. Yeah, it's kind of you in a nutshell. You've yeah. rebuilt yourself from nothing, what? and you're kind of scary at times. I, when you haven't napped properly, you are a piece wonderful, of work. <laughs> wonderful individual. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going. You know what? I actually like the original werewolf. Original werewolf. Wolfman. Yeah, Wolfman. I like that one. Yeah, Wolfman was good. Yeah. Phantom of the Opera. Oh, oh yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. The original Blob. Yeah. Oh, the Blob is the Blob part of that? Mm. I didn't know it was. But I'm on side with uh, the blob. Technically, it is a universal movie, it is and a universal it was movie, uh, yeah. so the. And technically, so uh, all the monsters everyone knows are actually considered second wave of the universal horror monsters. Yeah, so, like okay. Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman—they're all the second wave. Blob's first wave. All right. Hmm. Wow, that's kind of cool, though. I'm I'm game for this. Let's. We got too many things now. We want to go back to people. Well, I'm going to tear all that up because <laughs> I don't want things to be done at all. My rage, which is my usual rage, pretty much I rage about it all the time when I don't have anything else to rage about because I've been kind of happy about what's going on in horror lately. Mm. Mine's is mine's is remakes, <laughs> reboots, and sequels. I'm like. I'm not too happy with ones that are coming out lately. I just keep thinking if you're going to do one, do it really good. That was all my, that's all I got to rage about. I just find they're not coming back. Like I think Candyman could have been better than the original. Yeah. If they would have made it more horror centered and not. I think they would have, they would have gotten their message through better too. If they would have made it more horror centered. Right. It it became a little preachy for me. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's okay if it works and if that if that's the movie what it is, but when you're expecting Candyman to start doing some candy with your neck and you only get like a couple of kill scenes, it's kind of like I kind of was ripped off a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And so I I don't know I I'm not a fan of I think there's still so much good content out there. I I do I have exceptions to Tony's point about the remakes of classic some of the classics. Because some of them, I think they've never had really good justice. You know, Mm -hmm. like when they brought back Dracula in the 70s, and then they brought it back in the 80s, and then they brought it back in the 90s, and then they brought it back in the 2000s, and then they brought it back in the 2001s, and they've never really done a really great version of it. No. So if we're going to have them, let's have it so that they actually put a lot of thought behind it and make it really good. Right? Like Brendan Fraser's The Mummy. As the, or Stephen Sommers, the mummy uh, mm. versus the original mummy, right? Like yeah. that movie stands on its own, but it's technically a remake. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's really not like the mummy per se. It's a Brendan Fraser movie. You to your to mm-hmm. your to your point. If you're gonna make a movie called the mummy, let's see a lot of the mummy. I don't want to see him in just the last part of, part of the movie. I want all mummy all the yeah. time. Give me more money. I want my mommy. What? I want my mommy. <laughs> and that's a perfect way to end our rage for this week. Bryce on the machine. Yes. Rage. Subsiding. Pulse. Slowing. Anger fading. Well... Thanks, everybody, who's listening to our 
very special All the Horror 2021 episode. We want to thank Tony from Flix X Raid. <laughs> Not X Rated. And Tony, tell everybody you we get to us. X-rated, but it's a podcast, so like you know. Yeah, exactly. No well, visuals. There's not. Yeah, I don't know. Unless you're describing porn in great detail, then you wouldn't be X-rated yeah, as how, a podcast. How, <laughs> how great a detail would you have to describe it to become X-rated? I don't know. I think this is something for us to strive Let's for. Let's find out. Yeah, exactly. So, Tony, get, tell I'll us. Start a Patreon. Yeah, get started Patreon for that. Uh, that alone, the X-rated. <laughs> Podcast only fans, only fans. <laughs> Tony, tell us the, your social media handles so people can find you easy. Because we know, yeah, you can find us at Flix X Raid F L I C K S X R A Y E D. Um, same handle on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I think at one point I even had like a MySpace going as a joke, but I think I deleted that. <laughs> nice, bring that back, <laughs> right. Uh, and you can find us on all your favorite podcatchers, just Flix X-Raid, and we come up actually pretty quick. So we've been doing this for a long time. We're coming up on our 300th episode pretty wow. shortly, actually. Congrats, man. That's awesome. Very happy for that. And your show is awesome, by the way. So anybody who hasn't heard it, uh, it's a lot of fun. And it's fun watching Tony make these people embarrassed about not knowing knowledge that they should probably know. So... Yep, that's why you. What? Like, what are you talking about? I never do that. <laughs> that's why you'll never see Bryson on there because we Bryson and I on there because we can never remember <laughs> anything. We're old. <laughs> nice. Well, thanks, buddy. We appreciate you coming on, and um, we look forward to the next time. Well, next year at this time, maybe we'll be lucky enough that you'll say yes to come back on. Yeah, it's been a fun. I got to rage about the dark universe, which is something I always get mad about. Yes. Anytime anyone mentions Tom Cruise's The Mummy. You made me mad about it. Yeah, now I'm super mad about it. Which, I am pissed. <laughs> if we've done nothing here today, people, we've been able to create some film rage. Nice. And you can find us at <laughs> filmrageyyc.com, which will link you to every single other thing. I'm not going to list everything else off like I normally do. Thanks again, Tony. And uh, everybody out there, please enjoy some All the Horror. There's some great content coming out, so thanks a lot. That's it for this special episode. Rage on. Rage on. Rage.